know we love him. Pastor Ben, love you. Uh, come on, not over in the dark. Come out, let your light so shine. So stand over here in the middle. All right. Well, first, I think uh, for me, I just want to thank all of you guys for sending us. Um, it wouldn't have, the trip would not have been possible if it was not for uh, our church and our pastors. So it's, it's just a blessing to be able to stand up here today and, and stand in front of these guys, knowing what they just spent last week doing and uh, where they slept and what they showered in, not, um, you know, the shower itself, not like what they showered in. You got what I'm saying. Um, uh, so it's just, it really is a blessing to, to be able to do that. And, and really, I just want to say thank you uh, on behalf of them, uh, because it really would not have been possible uh, without you guys. Um, basically, do you, do you have that song ready? Here's what we've decided to do. Um, you're going to have to forgive me for this one. Yeah, this pastor asked. Um, yeah, they, no, you're okay. Just spread across, spread across the platform. Keep going. Um, so most of what we did was actually a lot like uh, what we did what we do here for Servolution. We went, you know, going to Carver Heights and doing the big block party and having food and stuff. It was a lot like that, except nobody spoke English. Um, so uh, what I want to do is I want to show you kind of, I don't want to show you because I'm going to be sitting over there. <laughs> I'm going to be, I don't even know it actually. I tried listening to it in the office. I'm like, man, if that, if I get up there and try to do that, something's going to, something bad's going to happen. I'm going to sprain something or break something. So uh, I just prefer not to. Um, so uh, anyhow, what we did is um, to help get the kids involved that were there. Now, you guys are not kids. Obviously, most of you are not kids. We do, however, have the kids in here with us. So what I've decided to do, and, and I've asked her in advance if this would be okay, I'm actually going to let uh, Rachel kind of emcee this part of it. Um, so I'm going to turn the microphone over to Rachel. Hello. Um, well, we're going to do a dance, and everyone needs to stand up, because everyone's doing it. <laughs> and if you don't do it, you're going to come up here and do it with me, including Pastor Ben. The kids can come up here if they want to. It's super easy. The song tells you what to do. It's kind of like Father Abraham. Does anyone know what that is? You know, Father Abraham. Okay, anyways. The song tells you what to do, so it's not hard. So... Hit the track, DJ. Make the melodies in my heart 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 Make the melodies in my heart
I didn't see full participation. I didn't see full participation. I need Wes Richardson, Chad Johnson, Josh Miles, all of you guys to come on up here. We're going to do that one more time. No, I'm just kidding. I need Jeff Wright up here. I need all you guys. No, I'm just kidding. I, for one, was just in anticipation of that song ending. I was just like, wow, this is painful. Uh, no, so uh, that was, I kind of followed along. Um, I actually forgot most of it. I was looking. I'm out of breath. Anybody else out of breath? Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, what we're going to do now is I'm just going to quickly, I'm going to hold the mic. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to hold the mic because some of you guys like to talk. Praise God. But I'm going to hold the mic. (laughs) So I'm just going to kind of work my way this way and let them quickly tell you um, just one or two things about what they experienced and then I'll kind of wrap it up at the end. And Pastor may have to hold the mic at that point because... I like to talk to you. <laughs> Samuel Schaefer. I can't hold it. You can, you can hold it with me. There you go. You can hold it with me. <laughs> no, no. I was just kidding. It is hard. Uh, to be honest, this is the second time I've gone on a mission trip inside the U.S. So there, there wasn't that much that was like a first-time thing for me because uh, we sort of did the same kind of stuff at the other mission trip. But this was um, is kind of continuation of that, of the first one, of just um, growing in ministry because you, I know I'm called to ministry and it's one thing to know that you're called to ministry and it's another to start working in that and start building on that and so that's what I got to do with this one. So that was great. That's it. You want to have them stay up, or should we have them sit down after they're done? Make them suffer. Okay, just don't lock your knees. It's bad. Yeah, knees bent, head back. No, don't put your head back. Just keep your knees bent a little bit. Not like sitting. Just you know, a little bit. Relax. It's okay. Rebecca. Okay. Well, my name is Rebecca, and I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, well. The biggest lesson that I learned on this mission trip was probably humility and just being humble to whatever they said for us to do because I was kind of freaking out when we got there because we looked at the showers. <laughs> and I, I was literally telling myself to calm down like you didn't ask them because it was crazy. But um, it was just really good for me because I also want to go into ministry, into the mission field. Mission, 
mission field. And so it was kind of like practice. And um, it was, I think it was good for us to go there because it was like kind of foreign because everybody spoke Spanish and I don't even know Spanish. So it was just good for us to go there and just be there and love on those people. And um, I actually like it better than Verge. It was way better than Verge. And we just got to shine our light there. And at, at Verge, you're just serving yourself and you're just learning stuff for yourself, but there you get to shine your light. So. She's done, she says. Uh, Rachel. I honestly have no idea what I'm about to say because I haven't thought about it. But um, I guess I learned two major things. Like, I learned a lot, but I made the two things that I learned the most was probably selflessness and trust because you have to have both to work together to be on a mission field even if it's not like Africa or something and you have to trust the Lord in order to put yourself in a place of humbleness you have to know that he's going to take care of you even if it's something you don't want to do and so this whole week was like really hard for me because I'm in control all the time like I want to be in control of the microphone right now, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> and <laughs> you are your father's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't even know what I was saying. Anyways, but selflessness. It was really hard for me this week to put others before myself and to not think about what's going to go wrong and stuff. But that's what I learned, I guess, the most because I love Jesus. Amen. Amen. Shoot that way. I don't want to stand right in front of Taylor. Okay, I'm I'm David Schaefer. Hi. Uh, I guess the uh, uh, the thing that I learned the most is that like God's in control of everything. Because the last half of the week, I got like really sick, and I like passed out, and I was throwing up a lot, and. that's like the first time I've ever done anything like that. So I thought I was going to die. And it, it was really scary. But, um, and like I was in a foreign place and I didn't know if it was like some crazy sickness and stuff. So I just learned that like I had to like trust God that I wasn't going to die and stuff. <laughs> done? But yeah, I'm done. You're done? Yeah. Yeah, he, when was it? Was it Wednesday? Wednesday night? Uh, Thursday morning? Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've only been uh, overseas twice, and the second time I got very very sick. Um, they actually thought they were going to have to amputate my left leg um, the second time we were uh, overseas. But I, I've never seen anybody uh, that was sick to the point where they just they they didn't want to do anything, um, especially the Schaefer. Um, but I, I remember walking out of the church on I guess it was Thursday night, or I think it was Thursday night. And we were walking out, and thing was everything was over. We were heading back to the uh, the church, and I'm walking, and I don't see David. And then I come up on David, and David's laying on the ground. I'm like, "Why is David on the ground?" You know? And they're like, "Well, he just passed out." I'm like, "He did? He did what? Why didn't anybody catch him? Like, like we don't have catchers? Like, come on, somebody's got to catch the kid. He doesn't want him to fall on the ground." I'm like, so I, I kind of get down there. I'm like, "David, are you, are you okay?" Yeah, I think. And that was pretty much the sum of. David's Thursday and Friday, I think I'm okay. And there, there were some times where I'm like, man, he's burning up. There was a point you were running 102.2 fever. 
Uh, and I, I, when I get a fever, like if it's 99, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I, I'm, I'm going to die. Somebody, I need an ice bath. You know, like, I'm, I'm feeling bad. Um, I don't want to go to work today. No, I just, it's just one of those things. So to have 102 and him actually still function, like he was still functioning. Like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. And he was still talking. So it was just, it was really cool to see him kind of press through. And that's kind of one of those things where you never know if you're going to get sick and you have to continue to press. And he did that. So it was really cool to see him press through. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I'm Taylor. Um, Yeah, I was like Rachel. I don't really know what I'm going to say yet. But I'll start off by saying that this was my first mission trip, and so there were a lot of new first experiences. And Pastor Ben was kind of stepping back and letting us do a lot of the, like when we would go and canvas around the neighborhoods, he would make us do it so that we could have an opportunity. And so that was interesting. (laughs) And um, uh, there were some new experiences there, but also it was a really big confirmation of my calling because last year at Virgin I felt that I was called into missions and especially in orphans and so it really confirmed that that was what I was supposed to do especially Thursday night uh, Thursday night we had the like the final rally block party and um, I got to pray with two kids and they accepted Jesus into their heart and that was the first time that had ever happened with me so that was cool so yeah it was good Hey, I'm Mallory, and one main thing I learned, this is not serious, but everyone does not talk to everyone down there. Like, if you go up to someone and like, hey, they look at you like you're crazy. (laughs) And then one main thing I learned is like at the first block party, like we had our little praise, and then we all had went up to a kid and we had to like pray with them. And I've never done that. And I was just like, what is about to come out of my mouth? So I just relaxed and breathed. And me and this kid, like, we held hands. And I prayed over him. And somehow I got through it. And then, like, I looked at him in the eye. And you could just tell, like, a relief was over him when it was done. Awesome. It doesn't matter. Do you want? Do you feel more comfortable over here? Okay, here, go ahead that way. Uh, with Mallory, um, I have a, I have a really, um, like this part of my heart where, um, certain people kind of wiggle in there and it's really, the reason I have that little spot is because it takes a certain type of person to kind of press into a group. And if a group's already formed and the group is really tight knit and it's sometimes difficult to press into that group, like it, it just is really awesome to see a young person like not be denied. Like I'm not going to be denied into your group. It's not going to happen. Um, I was that way when I first started coming to to church and to youth group, I was 15 years old and I was a weird kid, uh, really weird. And, but there was like a little popular click and I was like, I'm, I'm way cooler than those kids. (laughs) So I'm going to be in that. I'm going to be in that group. I'm matter of fact, I'm going to be in charge of that group sometime. Um, that sounds really funny, but like it takes it takes a certain type of tenacity um, to break through that type of of group, and we don't have like a group that's like very cliquish. It's not like we're over here and we're not talking to you. But naturally, friendships form over time, and those bonds are really strong. 
and if you come in late into that group, it can be difficult to break through some of those bonds and say, look, you know, I've got something to offer to the group. And Mallory absolutely has something to offer the group. And she's done a fantastic job of pressing through and breaking some of those boundaries and, and those borders that potentially and, and typically are there with youth groups. So it was just awesome to see her interact and, 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 and really be a part of what happened and dive in. So I thought it was awesome. Into the nose, out to the mouth. Okay. Um, I'm Victoria. <laughs> Do I need to stand really close? No, okay. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I don't really... Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> before the week... <laughs> sorry. Before the week, uh, we were getting together with um, prayer about the week um, of Miami... And there was sort of this, this like, um, one word that kind of stuck out through that, and it was purity, and um, just purity of the heart. And it was kind of cool because my mom had wrote a note to us one morning, and she was talking about purity and purity of the heart and what it means. And there was a quote, and it says, um, purity of the heart is to will one thing. And that, and that was just kind of cool. Because I, when you think of purity, you think of like um, something that's whole and holy and like this. But I never thought of it as just everything towards one thing. And that's what purity is. It's everything of your heart, everything that you have willed towards one thing. So it's whole. So it's all functioning together as a whole. And um, just during this week, um, we were kind of praying over like unity and to have unity, you also have to have pureness, because pureness is to will one thing, to have one thing, and just unity in our group. And I, I just, I want to carry it back to our church. You know, I want that unity to come that was in the mission trip, that was all of us willing for us to just, you know, to follow, to follow God that week. We knew, like, we were all there for a purpose, and that was just to see God's kingdom come, to see his kingdom come in Miami. And we want to carry that from Miami back here and have a unity here in the church, and that's to will one thing, and will one thing is God's will to come down in Florence. And that's all I have to say. Hi, Whitney. Hey, I'm Whitney. Um, I I had a hard time figuring out what I was going to say. Sorry, I got to make sure. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, but the trouble is, I always take it off the microphone stand. <laughs> you can't do that this time. Yeah, I know. I know. Um. And I, I was so afraid, like, God, I don't know what I'm going to say because I feel like I'm going to say something that has already been said. And nothing that I say is going to be original. It's not going to be refreshing. And something that I realized this morning during worship was that, yes, there is nothing new under the sun, it says in Ecclesiastes, but just because it's not new doesn't mean that it's not important. Like, 
it's okay to repeat what has been said before because it's important enough to be repeated. And um, so one of the things that I really grasped and I'm working to grow towards this past week was selflessness. Um, when we, well, let me start. I, a pastor gave me this bracelet and it says, I signed up to die. And when he gave it to me, he said, remember, if anyone ever asks you about that bracelet, you say, I signed up to die to myself for Christ. And I said, yeah, I know. That's why I liked it. And to die to yourself, like when you accept Jesus Christ into your life and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, it is automatically no more about you. And it is all about Jesus for the rest of your life and everything that you do, everything that you say is about him from now on. And I'm getting, I'm getting nervous. You're doing pretty good. You don't have to come up, I don't think. She's, about, she's heading the right direction. Hold my hand. Everybody hold hands, so I'm, I'm nervous too. I just... That's what I need when I preach. I need somebody to stand up here and hold my hand. I just... It's just to be a minister of the gospel in, in, in a daily routine, not, not routine, but in your daily life, you are a minister of the gospel. Everywhere that you go, every place that your foot touches, you are a minister of the gospel and you have authority over whatever is taking place in that place. And you need to step into that authority because it is through Christ. It is not through you. And I just, everything is about him. Like me standing on this stage is about him. Me breathing is about him. You breathing is about him. And we have died to ourselves the moment that we accepted him into our hearts, into our lives. Good job. Well, <laughs> might need to take another offering up. different than everyone else. I have a lot to say. Hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, you're done. If I squeeze it twice, you need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, well, I guess, oh, I'm Heather. Hello. Okay, so, um, well, I guess <laughs> the first thing um, is just that um, when I when I went to Miami, I didn't really expect to come um, back with anything for myself. I just expected to give everybody their stuff and just come back without anything. So it's kind of it's kind of cool that this whole week everyone's been asking us. So what did you learn? What did you come back with? Because I'm just like, uh, um, I made a friend. So um, it was just really neat. But when we got there, um, people people kind of recognized us and that's what we (laughs) stop it we (laughs) that's what we had prayed for we prayed for like for open hearts and for preparation and um not just for ourselves but for the people that are going to be there and it was funny because the first morning we went into starbucks the starbucks guy recognized our t-shirts and he knew who we were because of our t-shirts and he was like hey how's the outreach going and stuff 
we were like, yeah, it's good. And he asked where we were from. We said Alabama. And that was the response. Every single time someone asked where we were from, they're like, oh, you're the Alabama people. So, yeah. And um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, I do it a lot. and I get distracted a lot. The girl. The little girl. The little girl. Yes. My best friend. Okay. So, um, during prayer the weeks before, um, I guess my personal prayer was just that I would get to like speak into one kid and I, I just like, I just wanted one, just one little girl and I got to do that and it was really great. Her name was Leilani and, um, she was 11 and she was beautiful and, um, we, I met her on Tuesday, can I please? I met her on Tuesday, um, Tuesday night at the block party. And then we came back on Thursday uh, to the block party again. And when I saw her again that night, I just, like, I just knew that I had to give her my entire attention all night. And so for like the first hour or so, she kind of just was telling me about her life and, and little kid stuff. And she told me where she goes to school. And, and she told me that all the kids at her school bullied her and she didn't get to wear pretty clothes. They had to wear uniforms. So she didn't feel that she was very pretty. And all the kids at school told her that she wasn't a princess. And that just kind of clicked in my mind because just that morning in our prayer, um, the pastor that spoke told us that we needed we were commanded to go out and love and that we needed to find God's princes and his princesses and rescue them because everyone is a princess and everyone is a prince. And so when she told me that, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is, this is great. And so I called her Princess Lily for the rest of the night just because, one, I couldn't pronounce her name. And she said that she would call me Puffy Hair if I called her Lily. So, <laughs> so it worked. It was great. So she was Princess Lily and, and she wouldn't she wouldn't let go of my hand like the whole night. We like skipped everywhere we went and held hands and stuff. And then during service, um, Larry came and sat down with us. And so she got like she got me like the big sister, I guess, and then she had Larry over there talking too and, and it was it was cool because after the message was over she looked at Larry, she was like, I wish that you could be my daddy. And it was like, it was really heartbreaking just because she had told us a few minutes before that her dad was in jail and she lived with her grandmother and like her family situation just wasn't the greatest. But he looked at her and he he had the perfect answer. He was like, I'll be your big brother, but God is gonna be your daddy and he's never gonna leave you and he's always gonna be there and he's always gonna love you. So it was really great. I love her. Oh, and then Larry's story, if he were here, it's short. It's really short. Okay. If, if Larry were here, he would tell you about Celeste. Celeste is- I'm going to tell him about Celeste. <laughs> you good? Okay. Did you? Come on, Rebecca. Nothing? Okay, Lisa? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to let her hold the mic. <laughs> I'm just going to sit down right here. Okay, I'll tell three quick stories. Um, The first is when we went to a homeless shelter or a homeless rescue mission that had a program. It was like a step program for people who were wanting to, to come out of a homeless lifestyle and be productive citizens. And that was the whole goal of the program, to see the transforming power of Christ in their lives from homeless feeling like they're nothing to 
productive citizens serving the Lord and living a real life. And uh, we, we served there by really just organ, helping organize stuff. We didn't get to really interact a whole lot with, with the people that were there. We helped organize the donations and closets and their little workrooms and stuff. Um, but that freed some of the other people that worked there up from having to spend time to do that so they could spend more time with the people. But I did get a chance to interact with three different ladies there. And it was really amazing to see um, the first lady I spoke with. Her name was Lisa. And she was able to look me in the eye and carry on a conversation with me. She'd been there six months. She was confident. She had purpose in her, her living. And she knew who she was. The second lady I talked with, she'd been there three months. Her name was Star. And she was a little less talkative. But still, she could carry on a conversation with me. She was learning who she is. The third lady I spoke with... You know, I'm so sorry, I can't even remember her name. I called her Jenny. Um, In my prayers, I call her Jenny, because God knows who she is. She'd been there three days. She didn't know who she was. She couldn't even look me in the eye. Her, Her responses to my questions were just nodding or, you know, one word answers. And I had the opportunity to share with her too. You are beautiful. You are a daughter of the king. You can do this. And I know that that God's going to transform her life through that. And I'm so thankful for programs like that and um, that we had the opportunity to serve them there. The second thing I want to share is about the privilege it was to be with this group. We have an amazing group of students here. And it was my joy and privilege to be a part of this trip with them and to see them serve I didn't hear complaining. I didn't hear whining. They did what they were asked to do with joy in their hearts and a smile on their faces. Um, They did put us in a refrigerator to spend the, you know, for our, um, for the girls. We were in a room that not, not really a refrigerator. It was really cold one night. So we we did say, you know, it's really cold in here. Can we turn the air up a little bit? But um, that, we survived that. Um, and they are a wonderful group of young people, and it's just, it was such a delight to be with them and to see them serve and love on people. And uh, the third thing I want to say is um, I got to run, ride shotgun, and so I had lots of conversations with Pastor Ben. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. And talk about a man who has a passion for Christ and who serves his kids and who just loves freely. We are so blessed to have him and his wife here. I'm just very thankful for him and his family and what they've meant to me personally and to my kids and how they serve us. (laughs) So um, there are lots more stories I could tell, but I'll maybe have an opportunity with some of you on one-on-one basis, so I'm going to go ahead and hand the mic to you. I kind of, um, I had made up my mind that I was not going to uh, jump in there and put my hands to anything. I've been doing this a while, and this for most of these kids was their first experience really getting out of Florence. Um, Miami is not Nashville, 
Miami is not Destin. Miami is as close to Cuba and Haiti as you can get without leaving the continental United States. Um, uh, so for me, um, watching these young people give everything they have, and then some, um, was an experience that I probably will never forget. Uh, and truthfully, I will never forget it. And then, you know, being able to sit uh, with my hero in the front seat and listen to her just talk and you know, it was just amazing. It was an amazing experience. It was 18 uh, plus hours of driving each way. That's a lot of driving, um, but it goes by really fast when you've got 12 teenagers and, and an adult going with you. Um, I had the greatest Father's Day ever minus uh, four individuals, um, and if I had those four, my, my, my day would have been amazing. Uh, I got to see them when I got home, but it was a, yeah, yeah, it was a great, it was a great way to spend Father's Day with, with these guys. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to point out since Larry and Zoe aren't here. Um, with Zoe, most of my stories are funny. Um, but that being said, I saw something in a couple of our students that I've never seen before. Um, we have an idea of what church is like and what church should be and how it should look and, and what it should smell like and, 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 how it should feel and what the atmosphere should be like. Uh, the very first night we had church in a, in a, in a club, like it was in like a bar, like not like a bar that was turned into a church. Like it was still a bar. Like they had like alcohol behind the counter and, um, they had a, it was, it was a nightclub. (laughs) I mean, it smelled like stale beer. Uh, you know, I've never been to a nightclub even before, I got born again, so I, I don't know what it's like when it's full of people who are not worshiping God, but I can tell you this. I've never seen Zoe Rodden worship God like I saw her worship God that night. Never. Um, she also is the salsa queen of Florence, Alabama now. Yes. Uh, the last night, you can't go to Miami and not go to a Cuban restaurant. It's kind of like not going to be not cool. So the last night, I'm like, you know what? We're just going to go to, we're going to find a Cuban restaurant, and we're going to go. And uh, we went to this Cuban restaurant right down the street from the church. And uh, it's been a really long time since I've eaten Cuban food. Um, so I kind of played it safe and got a Caesar salad and I got some empanadas. Empanadas are my favorite uh, Latin American food. So I got these, I got everything and, and I'm eating and I'm looking down the table and, and there's people that have really ventured out. You know, some of them are vegetarians and they're eating vegetarian stuff, but it's all Cuban. And we had, I don't know, four or five um, to go boxes that were just piled on piled on piled six okay six just more food than we could possibly have eaten but before all this happened before we left the restaurant there was a, a live band you know it, it, but and by live band I mean a laptop and two guys singing in Spanish or Portuguese or something and they weren't very good um uh at all uh but the music you could if you had any rhythm at all which Praise the Lord, I don't. Uh, you, could, you could dance. Well, I maintained that I was going to sit at the table, and, and all the students got up. Even Taylor got up. Um, she didn't stay very long. Uh, she was with me. We were just like, you know, we don't really, you know, we're not going to dance. Um, we'd rather eat, I think. Uh, so I would rather eat. Taylor would rather watch me eat. So, uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we turned them loose and I turned the corner and we're kind of sitting back and I turned the corner and Zoe is like dancing with the wedding the the wedding singer guy like 
they are totally salsaing it up. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. So uh, we took the food, though. You had to be there, I guess. We took the food, six, six containers worth of food. And this is something that I loved about uh, spending, you know, seven, eight days with Lisa. Anytime we left the restaurant, anytime, and we had leftovers, the very first question out of her mouth is, we need to go find a homeless person to give this food to. Because we're not going to eat it. I mean, we're not going to eat it. Um, and it's, it, honestly, it was foreign to me. Like, I'm spoiled. We throw away our leftovers. My wife doesn't eat leftovers, and I rarely eat leftovers. So we just end up in the garbage. Um, and I live in Killen, Alabama, so I'm not going to drive into Florence to find a homeless person to get my food to. Shame on me. Um, so we get in the car, and, and Lisa looks at me, and she goes, we need to go find a homeless person. Now, it's, it's like 9.30 in Miami. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, of course, I didn't let anybody know that. The only time they knew I was freaked out is when we went to the graffiti district. It was safe, I promise. It wasn't dark yet. It was almost dark. Um, they're like, can we get out? I'm like, no. No. No, you can't get out. Uh, so we, we drive around uh, Miami. Not very far, far enough, though, to where we started getting into some, you know, neighborhoods. And I see these uh, two guys sitting on this block wall, so I whip down the street, and, um, and I turn the, turn the van around, and I got my lights facing them. And as I get closer to them, uh, one of them has got a really, really bad, like, cataract or something, and his eye can't see anything. Can't speak a lick, not a lick of English. Not, not hello, not hi, not a lick. I walk up, and I'm like, we've got food. Are you hungry? And they're like, no hablo espanol, you know. And I'm like, comida? They're like, si, you know, food, yes. So I run back to the car, and I get these boxes, and I'm giving them to them, and um, I, forget a, I forget a box. So I get ready to get in the van, and Lisa hands me this box, and she says, here, there's one more. I said, okay. So I walk over, and I give it to him, and the guy stands up, the guy with the cataract. I mean, this guy's very old and very homeless, and very dirty, and very smelly, and with every fiber of his being, with tears in his eye, um, he looks at me, and he goes, happy Fada's Day. Now, at this point, I'm like a mess. Like, I'm going to get back in the van. I'm going to drive back to the motel and the church. I'm going to just kind of crawl underneath the army cot that I've slept on for the last six or seven days and just, you know, not come out for a while. I think that for me, the thing was this, um, as I felt one thing, for this trip. The students were like, Pastor Ben, what's the scripture, you know, for this trip? What's, what, what's the theme for this trip? You know, they kept asking, kept asking. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't have one. Like, I don't have a sense. And then towards the very uh, end of our preparation, the, the scripture that really kind of bubbled up was Isaiah 43, 18, where it talks about, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Don't, don't pay attention to the old things. Don't remember the former things. I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to spring up. You're not going to even be aware of it. And I think that for me, that was kind of, that kind of sums up this trip. We had no idea what we were walking into. We had no idea what to expect. We had no idea what the conditions of the church were going to be in that we were staying at. We had no idea what the ministry was going to be like. We just had no idea. We drove almost 20 hours with no clue what we were getting ourselves into. That's crazy. The details of the itinerary were shady at best. They're like, wow, this is clear as mud. Like, I have, that, that, what does that mean? You know, and, and it changed. And we drove, like the church is in Miami. The first day we drove to Florida, Florida City, almost to, to uh, the Keys. Like we were at exit one in Florida on 95. Like the next exit, we would have been in the Keys. 
Um, and then the, on Wednesday, we drove to Fort Lauderdale, an hour north. So we spent most of our time driving. We spent more time driving than we actually did ministering. But the thing that I found out was that the time that we spent there meant more to the people that we were serving, the organizations that we were serving, than it did to the people that we were serving. Because it's not our responsibility to minister to the, to the people. It's our responsibility to minister to the organizations that are ministering to the people. Does that make sense to you? Like our responsibility is to be hands and feet for the organizations, the churches that we are serving, so they can do the work of the ministry. Does that make sense? We don't need to, we don't need to create more. They've already got it created. We need to come in and go, here, let me hold your arms. Let me cook some hot dogs so you can love on these people that are going to come back to this church. I'm not going to be here next week. You are. So I need to help you help them. And that's, I can't tell you the amount of pride I feel for these guys. I had more than one youth pastor say, man, the bathrooms have never been this clean. They've, they've, they have worked the hallways, they clean better than any group we've ever had. Now, let me tell you something. I've taken showers in some, I've taken showers at the YMCA. I mean, it cannot get much worse than that. <laughs> oh, it can. <laughs> These were bad. These were real bad. Like, there was stuff on the floor that was this color. And I'm like, ooh, is that going to reach up and grab me? I mean, it was bad. So, after our kids got in there and cleaned, no more black stuff. And, and it was clean the rest of the week. Our kids are amazing. They do. They go above and beyond anytime they're asked. There is, we'll go with very little complaining. Um, I won't go with, I won't go with none, but very little. Uh, Lisa didn't hear it. No, no, she didn't. Yeah, it's a gift that moms have. Um, so, to tune out the complaining, I'm like. So, uh, but um, it was just, it was awesome to see these kids work and serve with, with no expectation of how um, people could repay them. Now, with Larry, let me just tell this story very, very quickly, and then I'll turn it over to Pastor. Um, did you get the video done? Video rendered? No? Okay. Um, uh, what night was that? Was it Wednesday? Yeah. Wednesday night, um, we got done in Fort Lauderdale a little bit early. We came back, and... Um, to the church a little bit early. They had a, like a youth service that night, so they allowed us to participate in the youth service, which was fine. Um, uh, youth pastor gets done. Everybody's kind of hanging out, um, and we got some pizzas, and we were just kind of hanging out at the, at the church. Well, I guess it was about 9 o'clock maybe. Uh, there's this commotion outside. Um, so I, I'm not a... Um, I'm not quick to label something demon possession. I'm not quick to label something as that person's got an evil spirit that needs to be cast out. I'm just not. Um, and I'm pretty good at f- spotting what's real and what's not. So I kind of do one of these numbers and I, I hear this commotion. I kind of look out the door and all of, our, my, all of our students are behind me. And I kind of look out the door and I'm like, oh, they're praying for this guy. So I kind of sit there and watch for a second. And they're like, I realize, oh. They're like trying to cast something out of this guy. They're, they're, they're praying for this guy. And he's screaming and he's drunk and he's just drunk. Like the guy needs to sober up. So, uh, but one of the guys that was praying had brought a guest to church that night. A young girl. She's 19, 19 or 20 years old. 19. Named Celeste. Well, Celeste gets freaked out. She's like, whoa, time out. First time at a, a full gospel Pentecostal church. So she steps inside the church. Can I come in? I'm scared, right? She comes in, and our group is kind of sitting right next to the door. We're just talking, and next thing you know, you see Larry kind of like 
jump up and just start kind of having a conversation. Now, Larry is zealous. Larry is on fire. The guy is just, he wants to be in ministry. And, and I'm, I've decided at this moment, I'm not going to step in until, I, until they need me to. And that was one of those decisions where I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to let him do this. Like, I'm just going to let him see how this works and see if he just completely nails it. And if, I, if he does, then I'm just going to let it be. If he needs my help, then I'll be there. And he nails it. He kills it. Except when he starts telling them about, you know, where to start in the Bible. He's like, well, you know, you start in Matthew or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just make it simple. Start in John. Work your way back, you know, and or work your way forward. So that was, all, that was the only hint of advice I kind of gave. Not that it would have been bad to start in Matthew, but typically you want to start in John. It's just the best book to start in. In case you didn't know, start in John. Um, <laughs> so in the beginning, exactly. So uh, I sit there and I listen to, to them talk for a little bit. And I sit down and then I listen. I sit down and I listen. And they're like having a full-on conversation about Jesus. Like full-on. Like, and I'm watching the entire group more or less is like engaged in this conversation. I look at Taylor and she's like, She's in there, and she's engaged. And I look at Rachel, and they're all just kind of, like, engaged with this girl, right? Well, they, did they pray for her before? I told them lights out was, like, 1130. And um, I don't know what the prayer was, but they forgot to kind of pray for her to receive Jesus. It's kind of a big deal. Um, but I, I was out cold. I'm like, it's 1130, man. I'm, I'm out. I'm going to get a hot shower in the morning, so I'm going to sleep. Um, well, Lisa was in her room, and I guess... The girls came back, and they were all pumped up. like, yeah, we were talking about Celeste, and it was good. It was awesome. Well, Lisa may have asked, must have asked the question, well, what about, you know, did you pray with her to receive Jesus? And kind of was like, well, no. Oops. So Lisa gets up and spends the next couple hours with Celeste and doesn't come back to the room until 1.30 and leads Celeste to the Lord. So, but the catalyst, the real catalyst for that was, was Larry. Larry was just, man, he was not going to be denied. And this was a kid who was excited as I've ever seen anybody be excited about missions. That was Larry. Until we got to Miami. And he freaked out. He looked at me. As soon as we started, like, getting to the church and unpacking, he's like, Pastor Ben, can I talk to you? And I could see that look on his face like, I, I can't do this. And he li- literally freaked out to the point where he had to fight through the anxiety, fight through the feeling of, uh, I, I can't, I'm just not valuable. I cannot do this. And, and I think that that's what we should all take away from, from not just this trip, but every experience and even stuff that Whitney said. We can't do this on our own. We can't do any of this on our own. We cannot do this in and of ourselves. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Anything we do, every, every breath we take, every action, every step we take, is, is an, is an, it has to be a co-partnership with the Holy Spirit. And if it's not, then it's a work of our flesh. And if it's a work of our flesh, it can't profit anything, much less the kingdom. And that's what I'm about. I want the, I want the kingdom to be profited. I want to profit the kingdom. I want to grow and expand the kingdom. And in order for that to happen, I have to be a co-partner with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah. So if you could do me a favor one more time, just give a big hand of applause for these guys.